Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So I hate souveniring. <laughs> <laughs> with a burning passion because it feels very fake to me. It's inauthentic. I just don't like to participate in that life. In and that sort of branch of capitalism yeah. where like, you know, yeah. things are made to look like other things in, yeah. in, in an inauthentic way yeah. and then sold to you as though it's authentic. Right. You're specifically talking about, I mean, you grew up on the Jersey Shore. So like you you know what souveniring is. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, I guess so. But I didn't really souvenir down here as a kid. But I mean, you're No, but you know what the stores it. are. Yeah. yeah. The problem, too, is that it's such a global economy that you can't go away and really find something that's unique because it's something that you could find anywhere else. You know what I mean? It's very hard to do that unless you're like buying something from an artist or like an artisan in a space. And That makes sense. That feels more authentic to me than like... Here's a t-shirt shop and I just like, you or know, I love my t-shirts and I can't wait to get here's me another the, one. You know, I'm uh, not like digging at you, but sort of digging at you. Um, <laughs> oh, I caught it. I don't. I caught it. I don't care for any sort of. I love a good t-shirt. Purchasing I, but like, on trips. I mean, but because I'm not like, buying why? t-shirts at t-shirt world. Well, in a former life, I think. But <laughs> right. Um, no. But no, it's just like, I don't, for me, the experience is the authentic part and the part that stays with me and the photographs. And like, I'm not trying to sound like a thrill, thrill pillow of like, take only photographs, but leave nothing else, whatever. That's exactly but, what you sound like. But I just, I don't really, I don't know. I just, I, I try to avoid that if I can at all costs. Because What it, about boost to local economy? I mean, you are like a rain cloud at this moment in time when it comes to I am always a rain cloud. <laughs> I am the darkest stratus cloud. I, I don't mean, even know if that's correct, but um, I am a cumul- thunderhead. My whole life is, is a that thunderhead. Is that a cumulonimbus clouds? Are the um, ones with rain at the bottom of them? Probably. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, sure. I guess that's important. However, however, I want to bring up a very important thing. Okay, mm-hmm. we understand you hate souveniring. You've, right. You've, your soapbox has, has been right. built. I am like an angsty however, teen. You're like, however, hey, I want to go into this shop. And I'm like, oh, dad, okay, but why? That's, but listen, I genuinely just enjoy stores. 
I love stores, even if I don't buy anything in them. I love going into them because I'm I'm just so curious about all stores. Mm-hmm. I will always go in a store. Mm-hmm. Love it. You're a fascist all. for stores. I love stores. Mm-hmm. So, but <laughs> me on you the other hand, are <laughs> no. You do like trinketing, which is different than souveniring. And to me, that's sort of like they're twin sisters, and like you have a real preference for just this one thing, like you know. And not this other thing. And I'm like, I feel like they come together. I feel like they're, they, they always are in the same spot. So, okay. Well, what is trinketing? I hear you humming. What's trinketing? Um, trinketing is, trinketing is like flea marketing. I feel like that I would feel like is more along the lines of trinketing where it's like, Hey, here's the store. We've got Mod Podge things. Then here you come in here and you get them things. <laughs> we got doorknobs that came off of a Victorian okay, household. We've got, are you, you know, talking like, about like a flea market proper or just like a store that has old I things think that flea has market, mined old I think, things? I think those both live in the realm of trinketing. I think, I think they do too, yes. but but I mean, trinketing I, and souveniring often are on the same street. So well, you have to really look hard for the trinkets. <laughs> you got to find the trinkets among the garbage. <laughs> I'm, but d- is my act of going into all of those different stores not sifting through the trinkets? I don't the know. No, not. Um, I'd like to refer back in this clip about maybe in a minute. I love all stores. All stores are my favorite. I, I love, love to go stores. into stores. I might not buy anything from stores, but I love stores. I do love stores. And I'm not saying that one, I, you know, who knows what that store has in it. Maybe so they I have don't, a trinket section. I, I don't know if there's sifting involved. I think it's fetish. <laughs> Store <laughs> fetish. Trinketing versus souveniring mm-hmm. came up a lot in our adventures in Yellowstone National Park. Looking for adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky, don't wake the sun There's so much to be done, and the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real, you can feel You can open your eyes, and open your heart when you gain at the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you Hello and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dusty. This is the podcast that brings you one hiking trail in one national park, one park at a time. And this episode is all about the area of land also known as Yellowstone National Park. We would like to acknowledge that while hiking in the area known as Yellowstone National Park, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Eastern Shoshone, Crow, and Cheyenne people, as well as many, many other groups of indigenous people. This episode is all about our first day in Yellowstone National Park. So just a little bit about Yellowstone National Park. It was the first national park in the United States, established in March 1st of 1872. So when Aries, right? 
Yeah, I love that we're still. I, I love that we're still doing this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's never going away. <laughs> Am I right in that? There. March no. what? First? No. No Pisces. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Aries would make more sense. I with mean, the fire. fire. But well, Pisces anyway, is water. Um, yeah. it okay. is very large. It is three thousand four hundred sixty-eight square miles. It's pretty um, big. It does mostly exist within the state of Wyoming. However, its northern borders extend to uh, the north in Montana and to the west in Idaho. And these are like slivers of the park. Most of the main park itself is in the extreme northwest corner of Wyoming. The park has many areas to it. There are two kind of large loop roads that you can travel along to see the different parts of the park. But some things that you'll see are different hydrothermal areas, Old Faithful, Geyser Basins, Mammoth Springs. There's an area that's called Lamar that is excellent for wildlife viewing. There is the Yellowstone Lake, which is gigantic. This is a massive park. If you have listened to our trail map for the season, which is kind of like our trailer preview for the season, you'll know that in this season we are covering just Yellowstone, Grand Tetons, and Glacier National Parks. So much to do in all three of those parks. Holy cow. So speaking of Glacier National Park, which is actually the first park we visited on this trip, although the last park we'll cover this season, we had to drive from Glacier to Yellowstone. We did. Across the vastness of Montana. Yeah. The downward, southwesterly. The south, yeah. I mean, that (laughs) glacier's in the northwest. Mm -hmm. So we were sort of headed to the southwest Mm -hmm. corner of Montana. One of our shorter drives. Drives, definitely in the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things, yes, it was what six six hours, six no, hours, well, from, six hours with a caveat. Well, and that was because, well, while we were driving, you were like, "Are we going to have to change the oil at some point?" And I was like, "Probably," but I'm sure the you know the maintenance light will come on and let us know. And literally minutes later, it did. It did, and I was like, "Well, we're you know, I mean, it's fine. You have some time when that happens." Oh so yeah. I was like, "Well, we are about to." Pass through, yeah, the capital of mm-hmm. uh, Montana. So Montana, Montana. Yep. So maybe there would also, y'all. We spent so much time in the Midwest. Uh-huh. So you know this. This accent just drops. It in It just drops in sometimes. It's true. So the um, the swan ate my baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie. That's a drop dead gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous uh, mm-hmm. reference. Yep. But we did have to stop and get oil. We did. Um, an oil change. And, and something hilarious happened at this oil. Well, first we stopped at one place. They said their computer was down. Go around the corner to another place. We did. A place called Lube Alley. Lube Alley. We'll so, just let the joke land on its own. Well, yeah. We uh-huh. don't even have to say anything. Nope. So we go to Lube Alley. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy that was uh, changing the oil. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, you're from New Jersey. I used to work in New Jersey. Or I, w- lived, I lived in New Jersey yeah. for a period of time, which is just was a recurring trip, theme mm-hmm. over this entire summer is that there were people from New Jersey everywhere. Well, you know, there's a lot of us. There's so. a lot of people in New Jersey. Yeah. But there were people yeah. from New Jersey everywhere we went. The other thing we needed to do in Helena is get some warm things because we did not adequately prepare for how cold it would be in the evenings yellowstone Mm -hmm. um very cold in the summer in the evenings glacier was believe it or not not so bad although there was like a night or two we'll talk about this that it got pretty cold but this was going to be like hey it's going to be in like the low 30s so it was like well neither of us brought sweatpants or anything so we had to do like a little bit of a like a store stop which worked out fine but then we jetted ourselves along we headed 
to West Yellowstone, which we were staying at the lovely and I'm going to say one of the nicest KOAs. One of the nicest KOAs. Yeah. The West Yellowstone KOA. We did. So we um, arrived. There was a ton of smoke in the sky when we got to Yellowstone. Yeah. Because of the forest fires in Oregon and California. Just wafting right Mm -hmm. over. We set up our tent. That was when I discovered a tiny little microscopic tick, which freaked me out. And then I sprayed everything down with, with the tick spray again. No. No, I had not done it for the first time. That's right, right on this trip. <laughs> Entering into week three. And I and what did I say? And you, you were should like, spray you this. Should, I mean, you said that to me all the time, but it was one of those things where it's like, oh, it needs to sit out for hours. Like, what's when am I going to budget to do it? And then I just never did. So that was what? Yes, was you that? had your mommy dearest, like, Christina, get in here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. You needed to clean everything. This bathroom is atrocious. Right. And um, It was that moment. It was that moment. Yeah. You did have Clean that. up this mess. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we, I give you all these beautiful dresses. <laughs> and you put them on. This is not a mommy dearest no. podcast. Um, it could but be. But good Lord, it could be. Yep. So we decided that we were going to do some trinketing in West Yellowstone that day upon arrival. Right, because we got in around like 2.33 by the time we were set up. By the time we were set up, yeah. it was like 4, a something like that. Yeah. And so we were like, well, let's just do our trinketing stuff now. Get it out of the way. Which is a term we use for go into the little stores that are around uh, a given place mm-hmm. and uh, and look around because I love doing that and you only tolerate doing that. Tolerate is a great word. What's <laughs> so funny is that you seem to love trinketing with Brian and Tino, but trinketing with me is a fucking chore, <laughs> is what I'll say. Well, and I'm not going to say I'm, read I into that. don't take that personally. Well, you should. Well, I do. <laughs> because I hate it. <laughs> um, For the record, when we were in um, Shenandoah this last time, Mm -hmm. Brian and Tino suggested not going to the park one day and spending the whole day trinketing. And Mike was like, oh my God, I love that idea. That's the best (laughs) idea I've ever heard. And I'm over here going like, excuse me. (laughs) It sounded like sort of like when you make a suggestion like, oh, let's go see Home Alone at the movie theater. And they're like, ew, no, I don't want to see that movie. But then other friends suggested and they're like, oh, that sounds great. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. Mm -hmm. I'm not bitter about that. No, not at all. Anyway, I tolerated (laughs) the trinking. Trinking is what I'm calling it. Anyway, I tolerated what would be a kind of overwhelming trinketing experience. We didn't know this because we had never been to West Yellowstone. West Yellowstone... Was, and it wasn't really trinketing. It was more like souveniring. It was souveniring. And that is something I absolutely loathe. <laughs> loathe. Wait, um, wait. I loathe it. Do you loathe it? <laughs> I loathe it. But I'm not sure if you loathe it. I loathe it. Um, but it was one of the situations ooh, where Lord, it was while, yes, there were restaurants around. And yes, there were a few, you know, amenities stores. It was more like every souvenir store just the same store over and over and over again. Yeah. Like it was they've got t-shirts and they've got jewelry and, and they've got stickers and they've got, you yeah. know, everything. They have stuffed animals. They have, you know, there was like a gem store that was like mm-hmm. a little bit unique. There was a really nice like camera store we stopped in. There were yeah. some like standouts Definitely that I was like, standouts. okay, I can deal with this. But it was also very, very crowded. In, you know, second summer of pandemic, even though we were both vaccinated, we were still 100% playing the safe card of if we are around a lot of people, 
we will be wearing a mask in do- indoors. Oh, yeah. And, and we basically were. just indoors in general. That was like a little bit of like, oh my God, there's so many people here. And so something and there to deal were, with. There were so mm-hmm. many people everywhere. Yes. I think I got like a Christmas ornament, which is very trinkety of me. But I got it's a Christmas brand. ornament and... Um, something for my mom and mm-hmm. then we kind of called it a day we were like okay done with trinketing right we also were hoping to is the running theme of this five-week trip that we took only three of the parks we'll be talking about this season but future parks to come um we also were up like crack of dawn early oh yeah every day so um so we not, wanted to head to bed kind of early we wanted to head to bed kind of early because we had an early wake up. Mm-hmm. Things we realized upon waking up was how freezing cold it was. Yep. It was so cold. We were glad we'd bought that extra blanket. Yeah, we did. We bought like a giant fleece to go over both of our sleeping bags. And it worked out. And then the next night we made a mega sleeping bag. We did. Which was interesting. It was. <laughs> um, but so yeah. it's now it's the next morning. We had gotten up from the tent and eaten our oatmeal breakfast Mm -hmm. and we are headed into Yellowstone looking at the map like we knew Yellowstone was big but I don't think we realized that Yellowstone was enormously huge it's I think bigger than the state of Rhode Island yeah and like another state combined or something something like that wild like that and we knew we wanted to ultimately get to Lamar Valley this day we wanted to try to go as far out as we could like we wanted to try to go as far north and east as we could in the park essentially right yeah as far north east as we could and we were in the west entrance which is sort of like west central on the park essentially and so we knew looking at the map it was going to take us about two and a half hours to get to where we wanted to go Mm -hmm. so we knew it was going to be a lot of driving yes um when we basically head out i think it was like probably around 4 35 ish that morning Um, we might have slept in a little later just thinking about like how dark it was going to be um, because it wasn't Glacier where we were having sunlight, you know, at four in the morning until 11 at night. Um, this was like a little more normal because we were yeah. further south. We go through the West Gate before five o'clock. There was oh, yeah. like nobody. around five o'clock. We, there was, was nobody. Like we had the road to ourselves. One of the first things we did was we wanted to kind of make some stops along the way because we weren't sure we kind of played Yellowstone fast and loose where we were like, well, we know there are things we want to hit, but we sort of like didn't really plan until we got there and sort of had a loose plan for what those two days we thought were going to look like, which turned into three days were going to look like. We made a stop. The first stop of our journey was at the paint pots. There's a few of them in different areas Mm -hmm. here and they're a specific kind of like geothermal geological formation. We pulled in, there was only like uh, another car in the parking lot at this time. So we were like, yeah, let's walk out and see what is here. Yeah. Uh, So we layered up because it was freezing. um, And then we walked out. It was about a mile and a half out Mm -hmm. to... A boardwalk, um, basically. The boardwalk uh, that ended up being this loop at these paint pots. 6.20 a.m. Yeah, continuing our early mornings. And we are at the artist paint pot section of Yellowstone National Park. Right now we're looking at Paint Pot Hill. There's a sign that says from soup to stew. And it's all about this one um, area that... It gets, this is created by like snowfall and rainfall. That's how it gets water. Right. It's sort of like a double boiler, but it is fascinating to watch because it's these like 
giant mud bubbles popping mm-hmm. and like flinging mud everywhere or clay, I guess. At this you point. can actually see the mud being flung onto the uh, the wood over on the um, the boardwalk over there. And um, yeah, it's it does very much feel like you're at home cooking a stew. So this was our first intro to what boardwalks were at Yellowstone. Oh yeah. I was so okay with this. Oh, this is your love language. I chips do and love walks. <laughs> tortilla chips <laughs> and boardwalk and trails. Potato chips and chocolate chips. Yes. All peanut chips. butter chips. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about those. Yep. Mm-hmm. And poker chips. <laughs> <laughs> ma, 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 ma. For my poker night. <laughs> That's right. Ma, 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 ma. <laughs> um, um, is that what is that poker face? Ma, no, ma, no, ma, no, ma, come ma. on! <laughs> no, that's not poker. Face. No, <laughs> give me your gay card back, Jesus! What am I singing? I'm singing Rihanna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I may be bad, but I'm very mad. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but whips and chains excite me. Y'all, this is a podcast called Gaze at the National Parks. Okay, um, so we're at the paint pots here in Yellowstone near the West entrance. Mm-hmm. We haven't even made it to like the major loop road or right. the, one of the two major loop roads in the center of the park. Little did we know the majority of these boardwalks were going to be loops. Yep. This boardwalk was the loop, just yep. like the rest of them eventually would be too. Yes. Um. So we headed off to the left to begin our boardwalk journey. To see some of the small geysers and paint pots that were in this area. Okay, now let's talk about what is a paint pot and what is a geyser. Let's Great. start with geysers. So a geyser is a hot spring in which water... Water intermittently boils, sending a tall column of water and steam into the air. That's like Old Faithful mm-hmm. is the geyser, mm-hmm. right? And yes. so geysers erupt from time to time, depending on the how, you know, how they're shaped. Yes. And one of the geysers that we passed here in the paint pots area was Blood Geyser. And we recorded lots of the sounds here in Yellowstone because... This geothermal area was so full of sound. So uh, this is the sound of blood geyser. Okay, so what is the paint pot? A paint pot is a basin of boiling mud that is tinted yellow, green, or blue by minerals from surrounding rocks. I feel like that feels very Return to Oz, like a basin of boiling mud. Oh, yeah. It felt like, you know, this is like sulfur cakes with right. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> that hot, kind of thing. hot jade or whatever it was. Hot jade. <laughs> This is not a level boardwalk area. There were stairs that we had to walk up and different levels of the paint pots area. And it was really, really cool to see in the morning. It very well may have been just as cool to see at another time of day, but I feel like with the morning, because it was so cold, we were really getting the effect of the steam and the heat and also of the, the guy. Lighting yeah, in and the, the lighting in the morning. Oh, well... This and is why you hike early and hike often. So the steam rising mm-hmm. it was so easy to see. It was such a... I mean, I've never stood anywhere like this in oh, my life. Mm-mm. And so I was like, this no. is the coolest thing I've yeah. ever seen. No, it was very, very fascinating to be able to be that close. There were also a lot of signs about not stepping off the boardwalk with like terrible illustrations. 
Oh my God. <laughs> like, they were like, so like, and mm. I, I say this to not like slight the artists that did them. The artist drew the people very well, but it's very clear that they were posed in like, hi, posed in the most outlandish way possible. And they were drawn just as ridiculous as they posed. And it just looked like clip art people stuck in. It didn't feel very like a little together. Bad. But this was a common theme at any of these geothermal areas. And for obvious reasons, A, you don't want to damage these very fragile ecosystems. And B, you will get burned to shit. Things to be aware of for sure. I loved that part at the top of the upper part of the loop mm-hmm. where you get pretty close to one of the paint pots there. Oh, yeah. And they're like, there's mud all the, over the place. The boardwalk. The yes. mud has just been they're like, spit all over the Just so you're aware, boardwalk. you might get, this is like a splash zone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So please be wary of that. Absolutely. <laughs> because you can get some hot mud flung at you. That's right. I mean, that might be your thing, though. Might be. <laughs> I mean, it's how I wake Dusty up in the morning <laughs> from camping. Flinging it's the mud. Scalding. Right. Scalding mud. Yeah. That's what it is. Scalding it, came for me in a big way on this that's trip. That's <laughs> what it has evolved to. Yeah. Not just scalding water, yep. scalding mud mm-hmm. now. This is um, also like where you're dealing with a ton of sulfury smells. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah it's so sulfury. The yeah. whole time, which is like kind of nice mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yeah, you know? for a I, minute. I would never say like I got super tired or affected by the sulfur smell. It was just a lot of sulfury smell the whole well, time. I mean, you don't know it, but you're actually still in Yellowstone right now. Well, look at <laughs> that. This is all a dream. <laughs> it's all a dream. My <laughs> AI is, is resetting. Passed out on the boardwalk. <laughs> me trying to slap you awake. That's right. With scalding mud. <laughs> Um, right. I think right now is the perfect time for you to introduce your um, creation that you made while we were in this area. So something I tend to do, and you can vouch for this 1000% mm-hmm. while traveling and just in daily life is just I'll sing things. And you make up songs and I make about up songs what you're doing about right what in the I'm moment. doing or what's happening. And there was I a particularly say, great one about like the earth dying. That, that was very good. I and mean, that was like... You sing that song every day though. I but, do. But I have to say your rhyming got a whole lot better this trip. Like you were really listening for the rhyme scheme oh. and you were going for mm-hmm. it and it was working. Uh-huh. And also your musical parodying oh, totally. was, was really on point this mm-hmm. time. So during this section, I came up with the My Little Paint Pot, My Little Paint Pot. A la My Little Pony. Right. And there was more to it, but... There was, and I don't remember it. I don't it. remember it. But you went on for like five minutes. I wish minutes we had and recorded. And you were like, why aren't you recording this? And I was like, <laughs> I didn't... I didn't know what this was. <laughs> this I'm is sorry. just you riffing and being ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's our, our kind of our song for the paint pot areas. Yeah. My um, little paint pot comes in <laughs> its own in scalding packaging. Right. 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 Pour the mud and chemical mixture in and see what happens and you'll create friends mm-hmm. for your little paint pot my little paint pot my little paint pot available everywhere toys are sold and with that let's take our first break okay so this game is inspired by an encounter we had on a trail mm-hmm. um particularly this one young person that we saw on the trail the uh game is called teen angst mm. and um while we were leaving the paint pots Something area, know nothing about. you know nothing about that. Mm-mm. While we were leaving the paint pots area, uh, this family showed up and the grownups of this family were so excited to be here at Yellowstone. And it was oh. still 
5.30 in the morning. Living their lives. Like we were. there was a teenager with them who was, you know, hiding inside of a hoodie, hands in the pockets, clearly cold, but had no interest in being here at this moment in time. Yeah. Would rather have been anywhere else. Probably the car was a more interesting place to be than right out here near these paint pots. So the game is, what's the situation that brought out your teen angst to react that way when you were a kid? Mm. Well, I think anytime... My family and I didn't travel a lot, but I do think that whenever there was travel involved in my teenage years, I do remember feeling very angsty. Like, so I I empathize with that kid. Like, you know what I mean? You just want to be like your own weird self and your family just doesn't get you because you think they don't, but they probably do. But um, the thing that probably was like the angstiest move was when I was like probably like 13 or 14, I really just wanted to hang out with my friends in my neighborhood all the time. And oh, like, you don't say. God forbid my parents asked me to like hang out or do anything. And they were going to a Sting concert. <laughs> um, and they were like, well, the both of us and your aunt are going and we have this extra ticket because your uncle can't go. Do you want to come? That's a bad thing to you know ask a 13-year-old. Um, or 14 year old. And I was like, no, I'm hanging out tonight with my friends. But you gonna... love Lady Smith Black Plaza. <laughs> right. And then like, I didn't end up hanging out with my friends and just sat on the couch for the rest of the night. And I probably should have gone to the Sting concert because I do enjoy Sting as an now, adult. as yeah. an adult. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So that was mine. What about you? I feel like a part of me reacted that way anytime I was at like a live football game, especially like a high school football game. Mm-hmm. Like there's nowhere I'd rather not be Mm. is the high school football game Mm -hmm. though the thing that really brought that out for me was anytime there was fishing or hunting my dad is my dad fishes he hunts i used to go with him a lot fishing i only went a couple of times hunting because i was like i remember going hunting with him very you know i was probably like eight or nine with him in the woods and I was like I'm sorry we just have to sit here and be quiet like it was the most miserable experience Mm -hmm. luckily I had a book to read I was like I don't ever want to do this ever again Mm -hmm. and then he was like okay yeah we're gonna go fishing and so we got out there and I was like okay so what are we gonna do and he was like well we're gonna put these in the water and then we're gonna wait and I was like I'm sorry what more waiting just getting out on a boat in the middle of the water and just waiting. Like, absolutely. Get, I was like, there are a million other things I could be doing mm-hmm. as a child right now. And those include like watching my TV programs because Your I'm stories. sure Clarissa is explaining something that I need to know. Nothing that she's explained has made any sense. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where my teenage came yeah. out. When we left the Paint Pots area, we drove a little further into what basically becomes a juncture for the park. There are some other areas that we didn't necessarily stop at along the way. This next spot that we hit is the Norris Geyser Basin, which is essentially like at the crossroads of the big loop at the top of the park that you can kind of do, which was really wonderful to be able to have that be right there and to be there so early because we drove by this several other times on our way out and it it was was always crowded. There was like 
like overflow parking on the street right. at the intersection, which is like a nice healthy walk to where it actually yes, is. Yes, like in on the road, essentially. Speaking of parking, mm-hmm. we pulled right into the Norris Geyser Basin area. The parking lot was really pretty empty yeah. at that point in time. Yeah, still and early, we, like six o'clock. Maybe we go to park point. and we see this sign that says park at your own risk. Right. Which is basically like these geysers spit so high and they're full of, you know, these this, this is boiling water. That it also can, has like minerals in it. It can definitely affect the paint on your car. Mm-hmm. Just letting you know. Yeah. We were like, well, all right, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so we did park there. Mm-hmm. So we took a look at the map. There's sort of two sections here. And we decided that we wanted to go to Porcelain Basin first and then do Back Basin. That's right. When it comes to the geysers that we saw, this might have been my favorite area. And I, I know so. that means Old Faithful too, but I'm just going to say it right now. I did really enjoy because this was cool. Again, early morning light, early morning like atmosphere. It was really, really neat. It was also, we had sun in the sky. The smoke did come in, but not until like after we had left here. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, it wasn't as hazy. It's yeah. still pretty clear So we had here. some clear morning skies. This was where we also learned the namesake for the Norris Geyser Basin. And um, we have this new thing we're trying out here in the podcast called White Alert. <laughs> oh, look, a natural place has been named after a white person, which is also... More common than you way would imagine. more common than you would imagine. Right. Um, or maybe actually as common as hopefully you would imagine. Right. Because of the reality of, you know, colonization yep. here yeah. in this area we call America. Yep. So this area is called Norris Basin. It's named after Felitas W. Norris, <laughs> who was the second superintendent of Yellowstone More from some year to another that. year. Okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, so we head over to Porcelain Basin. Right. This area and Back Basin mm-hmm. are just full of geysers. And I don't think there were any paint pots here. There might have been a couple a lot they of all kind of exist yeah. in the same areas. And also these geysers aren't necessarily erupting at all times. No, yeah. no, not at all. No. And a geyser can be very small and a geyser can be gigantic. Right. And the geyser can be dormant for a very long time. A geyser can change because of earthquakes in the area. There were a few geysers that we passed where like one, I believe was in the back basin. And I'm sure we'll talk about it where the the area exploded one day and like people were like on the boardwalk and got hit and pelted with rocks yeah, and wasn't great it, and no one i don't think got tragically hurt by any means but that geyser has not been the same ever since and right. so geysers change just geysers like we all change, change. and evolve mm-hmm. and yellowstone is on top of a super volcano yeah essentially well, essentially and so super volcano all of this is type of volcanic activity. Yeah. All of these geysers, all these paint pots, all of this mm-hmm. is falls under the category of volcanic activity. Volcanology. Volcanology. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we head over to the porcelain basin area. It's also a boardwalk. Yep. Just living your life. Always. Uh-huh. And then we head off to the right to Congress Pool. And then that led us to the porcelain basin. It's now 6.58 in the morning, and um, we are standing at the Porcelain Basin. We're walking in the Porcelain Basin right now. We are, and um, it's near the, uh, it's in the 
Norris Geyser Basin. Right. The water in the porcelain basin is electric blue. I can see why they call it. I mean, I can see why they call it the porcelain basin. Obviously not its original name, but it is sort of like a white ice blue. Yeah, it's, it looks like there's a pool light on and it's murky water and that's kind of like electric. We're also seeing some like geysers start to go, which is exciting because this is our first day. So we haven't done the big guy yet, but yeah, it's wild over here. We're kind of still up top at this point, like within the basin. We haven't fully descended. There are these like massive sort of steaming geysery vents up top. And you kind of look over the porcelain basin. It's very flat. It looks like it's just kind of a pool, a very shallow pool. So at some points, the pool becomes more streamlike. Boardwalk down below. The steam is coming off of this and the sun is shining. The early morning sun is shining through this. It is a sight to behold. It is something very different from the paint pots that we saw earlier. It's also very big. So to kind of like really take all of that in all at once is a little overwhelming because you're seeing it from above too, which is cool because you get like a different sort of view than you, when you're on the boardwalk down there, which was, I really appreciated. When we moved past Congress Pool, we moved down past Hurricane Vent and stood at the ledge geyser. And all of these geysers have these signs that are like carved and painted that are, if they're not on the boardwalk and if it's not wet in that area, they're kind of like on the ground there. So they've been placed by the NPS. The ledge geyser suddenly got much louder just now. white steam just pouring out. Then we followed the boardwalk around. We passed Sunday Geyser, Colloidal Pool, Constant Geyser, Whirly Gig Geyser, and finally Pinwheel Geyser. They're all extremely close together, literally just feet from one another. So that's the other thing. These geysers are all potentially like sharing. Well, they're all sharing the same sort of heat source, which is really neat. But it's wild to see how close they all are together. Right. And all of these are listed on the map. Mm -hmm. To see exactly the route we went, you can follow along on the map. You can see that on the Instagram post for this episode. Some things that we did notice, unfortunately within the geothermal area that you shouldn't be stepping in were things that don't belong there. Like litter. Uh-huh. And like people's hats. Right. And I don't think these were purposely thrown, but it is like... I'm just getting a vision of you purposefully throwing a, a hat. hat into yeah. the geothermal mm-hmm. area. Um, sort of like you threw that yep, a bottle of, um, um, you know, mm-hmm. sunblock into yep. the river at Yosemite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, exactly. Never gonna <laughs> live that down, will you? It was tragic that you did that. <laughs> it was tragic that uh-huh. you did that. Mm-hmm. But it was tragic to see these things here. And it seems like NPS probably does go in at certain points to... And clean stuff up. Pick them up and get them or use like a claw grabby thing, I sure, would gather. Sure, I would imagine. But yeah, don't ever... If you lose something there, don't you dare... Like, try oh, to go in no, there. No, no, no. 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 Well, some people don't know, though. Some people don't know, but you so, should not do that. No. Girl, you should not do um, that. 
We made most of the boardwalk loop and it sort of takes you through, you do go off the boardwalk a little into some like wooded area that then does loop you back into the boardwalk to kind of head you right. back to the gift store sort of lodgy area, parking lot, bathroom area that's going to take you into back basin. And so we did that. We did see again, like now you're kind of viewing as we're headed back on the boardwalk this way, you do see those initial kind of geysers right where you would come, were coming down and they were just like steaming, like coming up these just vents of like steam. It was really neat. It does feel like you're in some sort of like hellscape. <laughs> you do. It yeah. does. Mm-hmm. And the sounds... like a beautiful hellscape. And the sounds are incredible. That led us to heading toward Back Basin. Mm-hmm. We headed off to the right. There's a connecting trail from Porcelain Basin a to dirt, Back Basin like, you know, without having to go trail. back to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And so we jumped on this dirt trail, which then became another boardwalk trail. And the first stop was Minute Geyser. Minute actually used to have a very regular eruption pattern about once every 60 seconds and could get up to 50 feet high. But its west vent is now literally being clogged by rocks that visitors used to throw into the geyser vent. And I would imagine probably still do, even though there's signage right. that says This don't. was like the At road. The development of the park. The road used to be much closer yeah. to the back and basin here. Why. And people would like pull off and be like, okay, let's throw a rock in here and see what happens. And it literally has clogged the hole up. So. Now, if they were to try and go in and try and take those rocks out, it would damage the other geothermal areas mm-hmm. for that reason. Mm-hmm. We continue to walk the boardwalk here. And here's a list of geysers and springs that we passed while we were on um, the boardwalk. It's not that they're not worth noting about each of them, but there are a lot of them. They're very beautiful, but it is also just a ton of geysers. So it's kind of like, let's just give you a sense of what it's like, and you'll get a sense if you go. We passed Fearless Geyser, Palpitator Spring, Vixen Geyser, Pork Chop Geyser, and Yellow Funnel Spring. So what was it like for you to be this close to all this geothermal activity? I didn't have wrinkles in my clothes anymore. (laughs) No, they were gone. They were gone. (laughs) Set it and forget it. It definitely was really wild because this is not something I've experienced ever. We're so used to, in our travels, just hiking, seeing things in woods and, you know, out in the natural landscape and like summiting things and being on mountains or being on the side of cliffs and things like that. This was 1000% a different experience. It really was very striking the sight of it the sound like yellow spring sounded like you were at a hell mouth like it was like oh yeah mike just made that sound himself. it was strange what about for you it was really strange i was so fascinated by it and like wasn't there that one person who came a white person who came and explored yellowstone and thought they had found hell Like, they thought they had found hell. I think that's what they wrote in their journals. I don't remember who it was. But (laughs) I remember just just turning to you and saying, like, 
I had no idea it was going to be so much of this. And I'm so excited about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I was. I yeah. mean, they had a lot of really great signage and a lot of great interpretive signage to sort of help you understand what was around you and the context. Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful. Yeah. I was appreciative of that because that's not something you get all the time in the national parks. Sometimes you have to do your own digging, which is fine. But I do appreciate like that sort of signage that was educational and really gave you a sense for what you were seeing and how it was happening. And there was so much to hear in this park. Yeah. More so than I would say any other park experience that we've done. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. After we left Yellow Funnel Spring, we continued to walk around and we passed Blue Mud Steam Vent, Green Dragon Spring, which I remember just being like very dark and deep and blue. It was more blue than green. Black Hermit Cauldron, Puff and Stuff Geyser, the Arch Steam Vent, and the Echinus Geyser. Let's talk about this because this was cool. This was the geyser that we were warned about would ruin the car. Yeah, that one when it erupts. Yes. Which it wasn't erupting when we were walking. I think it's very infrequent based off of the sign. It was like sometimes it's, you know, a month, sometimes it's two years. You know, I forget what the current period was now because they had mentioned it in the sign because I think it's been quite some time. It has been. Yeah. And when it erupts, it's going to be. Huge. Explosive. Explosive. (laughs) First of all, you can see everything in the distance the entire time. And so when we're walking around Back Basin, you just see this plume of steam in the distance. And you can't really tell where it's coming from or what's happening. When we were in Porcelain Basin, there were those steam vents that were close to the top, like right after we had come down. So we were like, okay, this has got to be like maybe a big, big steam vent. And then you kind of wind your way up, like you're coming up this path as you're doing the back end of the back basin, and you're like scooting your way up. This is gigantic. It is just a gigantic funnel of steam that is constantly going. It is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the boardwalk there was just soaked from the steam that had just like, you know, fallen as like water droplets. It was very, very impressive. I don't think I've been that close. I mean, we were close to all those tiny little baby geysers, but these were much bigger in Back Basin. They took a lot. Yeah. They took up a lot more room. But this one was like Porcelain the Basin. They were smaller. Daddy. These were, yeah, these were bigger. From here, we passed the Cistern Spring and made it up to Steamboat Geyser, which is one of the largest geysers in Back Basin. That was like an area you could kind of like. There were two areas that you could view it on. There was one that was like lower and then you could climb up to the top and see. Steamboat Geyser is one of the largest geysers in the back basin. Mm -hmm. We stood there for a minute and like we watched, took photos and had a minute looking at it. Right. And this is where like... And it was like constantly going. Like this is where you could see this from the distance for much of the time that you're in the back basin. We were like, oh, that must be what they're talking about because of the like being parked so closely. Right. And I like, think it was those, I think it was Echinus Geyser too, because I think and that Echinus, one, yeah, yeah, because they are explosive, I guess when they go off. Yeah. This was really, really neat to be close to something that that was that large in scale and constantly, constantly going. But from here, basically we're not that far from the car. You're actually no. very close. Um, so we walked up here and as we were leaving, we passed Emerald Spring and made our Which way. Which was pretty green. Yeah, yeah. Pretty green. And um, made our way back to the car to head off. 
to our final part of this part of the day. Which was Mammoth Springs. And with that, let's take a little break. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, please welcome to the stage, Gia Thermal. Gia Thermal. How could she not be a queen How could she in not? Yellowstone National Park? You know, when there I hear is. the name Gia, <laughs> I think of that like Angelina Jolie movie, mm-hmm. Gia, where mm-hmm. she was the model. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. I didn't see the whole film. Okay. Because I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> Uh, when it, it was came too out? racing. I guess so. Yeah. Who is Geothermal? She's a steam queen. <laughs> <laughs> she I think she might she have. could have like a steam mm-hmm. sort of like she hawks always on enters to steam. Oh, I thought she was going to have like a steamer that she could also oh. sell as her merch. <laughs> <laughs> She's a steam oh, queen. No, I think that's a great idea. So she has a steamer that she sells. Mm-hmm. Whenever she enters, it's always smoke and steam. Oh, yeah. I think she'd be a queen that's like really elegant and very elevated with the colors that you get from the different like mm. springs mm. and the different like geothermal yeah. colors. I'm feeling like she's got like a grand prismatic springs dress that's probably beautiful. And right. like that... Then it's like, called her grand prismatic realness. <laughs> that's right. That's the finale Look, of her act. Right. <laughs> it comes from her bathing suit and she spins and it turns into a beautiful ball gown. <laughs> right. There you go. That's right. It's like that Cinderella magic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fully Cinderella magic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I like that. Uh-huh. I think that she would lip sync to I feel the earth move under my feet. I feel like that's been used by another queen on our show, but we could use Has it? it? I think so. You're talking to Elephant Man over here. Oh, well. <laughs> elephant Brain. Man. Elephant Brain. Yeah, I think that I could Maybe work. Maybe that could work. Yeah. Or I feel like the song I'm so excited by the Pointer Sisters comes to mind because that's what I think about when, when I think about geysers. Like they're so excited. They just oh, can't wait to burst. Oh, I like it. <laughs> it's a burst. That's right. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe she recreates geyser bursts with like ecologically sound confetti. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like environmentally sound confetti. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's like some sort of fountain-esque part of her act too. She's able to recreate some sort of geyser experience. I like that. A la like the Bellagio fountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which hopefully doesn't have water in it right now because people need that water. Yeah. yeah, seriously. I think she's a fully formed and very well-pressed queen all the time. <laughs> Her Geothermal. outfits are, mm-hmm. you know, no creases or wrinkles whatsoever. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Gia Thermal. We left Norris Geyser Basin and we were headed to Mammoth Springs, which is sort of across the top loop of the park. You were driving. I was, which and was a lot of my lot on this trip. <laughs> you were. I made up for in it the a parks, little bit. In the parks, I at, drove a lot. Toward the end. Yeah. You had to drive a lot in Glacier because mm. I could not drive going to the Sun Road. No. While driving, mm-hmm. there was this enormous pothole on the side of the road mm-hmm. that we came very close to. We pulled off to see something to take a photo. You fully queened out on me. I was not having it at that point. I was like, no, absolutely not. And you fully queened out back. I, it was a queen off. Um, <laughs> and one queen will leave here victorious. Um, I was not having it. And it was, this was like, listen, 
we at this point were this was like the third week of our trip i think at yeah. this point so we were like <laughs> we had had some tiffy tiffs here and there but nothing bad but this was like i'm gonna come over there and i'm gonna smack you real hard <laughs> because i've been the one that's been driving and i'm also very very conscientious of what's happening on the road and you need to stop. <laughs> we had already had a situation earlier in the trip. Which we that won't was talk f- about just yet. But no, yeah. but it involved a flat tire and I didn't want to get another one. Right. And so I got very concerned about this pothole. Mm-hmm. And it came up very suddenly. So my reaction was sudden and it was very big. <laughs> what a surprise. And that was shocked. Sad. I am not. So, yeah. Um, um yeah, we had to have a moment of going like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that wasn't directed at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and You had to have that moment. <laughs> I did. I did. I just sat there and took it <laughs> both times. <laughs> we had our moment. We Oh, we did. Everything, and it, everything was, was fine. fine. We're still talking. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, we're, we're still here. Yep. Um, the theme of this trip, though, was definitely like riskier driving terrain. and yeah. on terrible terrain. Yep. Not riskier driving, but it's sort of riskier terrain. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For your you know, car. and Yellowstone has its fair share of like ledges yeah. in, in wind driving. It's no glacier, but yeah. No. We parked near the upper terraces near the loop road. There's a loop road near Mammoth Springs that's drivable, near, and we parked near there. And then we got on foot and we headed toward the boardwalks at Mammoth Springs. More boardwalk. <laughs> More boardwalk. <laughs> Mammoth Springs was really cool. It was different from what we had experienced at the Paint Pots and Norris Geyser Basin. Because this is sort of almost like a cliff ledge of geothermal activity. Right. That's like white, like starkly white. white. Orangey and like there's so much happening there. Like there are springs around it and there was steam. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like. The geyser work was small here, right? Weren't the geysers smaller? Yeah, there were some, but they were few and far between. It was more like pools, essentially. A lot of pools. A lot lot of pools. And by that, we mean swimming pools. I guess. Swimming pools that you can get in and do laps. No, we do not (laughs) mean that. No, we don't. Do not get in anywhere. Jokes. Do not jump in any of that water. No. So we walked from the parking area to the boardwalks of what's called the main terrace. First, we passed by Dryad Spring, and then we got to Canary Spring. Canary Spring was really incredible because this is where you're seeing kind of like cascading. Yes. Here a little bit. You were seeing it um, down the sides of mm-hmm. things. And, right. Right. And so this is sort of like a terminal point, And then you can kind of turn around and go back on the boardwalk. But there's plenty of other boardwalk. There's and things so to see. much boardwalk at um, Mammoth Springs. So we do start to kind of head around. A lot of this area is dry up here. There are some springs and like things like that. But most of this plateau that we're like on the boardwalk about is fairly dry and this does change depending on a variety of factors sometimes it can be completely like wet and sometimes it is as dry as it was then something that they don't mention on the maps is a lot of these boardwalks involve stairs 
Yeah. And there were a lot of stairs at Mammoth Springs. Yes. And now you can park down like the park road. Well, we were up at the very top where we parked. The upper terrace. But you can park down at the lower terraces closer to Yellowstone Village and hike up all of this. You could. Right. Another thing you could do. Right. Walk up it. Is that not every boardwalk here at Mammoth Springs is wheelchair accessible. Some of them are from the upper terraces. Mm -hmm. You can come out on a number of the upper terraces mm-hmm. and that don't involve stairs yep. you can get a view from there. Yep. We walked around these different terraces um, to see basically all of Mammoth Springs. From all the different angles. From all the different angles. A lot of the names here were based in Greek and Roman mythology. Yes. So there was like Aphrodite and like Zeus and I think Cupid were a few of the names right. that were kind of thrown out here and there. While there's areas where there's running water there was that one as we were headed down to the lower terrace it was almost like waterfall that was very like orangey mm-hmm. there's like waterfall terraces it was very desolate at the same time and dry and it felt almost like very dead everything felt very like mm-hmm. deadly desert like no sort of life happening right it here. was definitely a different whereas over at norris geyser basin everything felt very much alive and happening right. under the earth yeah and here it was less It was so. sparse. It yeah. was sparse. Yeah. Though the landscape of Mammoth Springs changes every year with that flowing water, mm-hmm. which was fascinating to learn. Yeah. That it literally, it's, yeah. there's part of it eroding, there's part of it changing shape. Yes. Over time. Yes. There were also these benches that we passed. I mean, I guess they're benches. Yeah, they were interesting. Like right off the They were walk. a little tall. Yeah. I was like, is that a bench? And you were like, I guess I was like, but it's so tall. Like why? Anyway, I guess it's their way to like be able to not sacrifice boardwalk, but allow you to be able to set Give safely. Give you a place to set. Maybe. I don't know. We did kind of walk a lot of the way down to the lower terrace and the uphill. And that required us to come back. Was a lot. <laughs> we did on yeah. our way back up. We were like, here's that uphill that we thought we yep, were going to avoid today. Those stairs. We had been hiking very long days up until this point. Yeah. This was week three in a trip of five weeks. Yeah. And Glacier was filled with long hiking days. And we were like, oh, we're going to get some relief in Yellowstone because Lies. the hikes aren't as long. Lies. <laughs> Lies. As you can hear in the length of this episode, mm-hmm. we did a lot in this. Yes. In this time. And this wasn't even, we didn't even make it to 12 noon at this point. No. Still before no that. girls, we were still working before the noon yep. time hour. When we got back to the car, there is the loop road at the upper terrace that you can take. And we're like, well, we're here. It wasn't as interesting. Not as interesting. Um, we got out at like one point towards the end to see like a, a geysery yeah, thing. Yeah, something, steam, but, vent, uh, something. It was like, okay, hike, hike, great. Hike and walk the boardwalk if you can. The cool thing is, is you're able to see Mammoth Springs from afar too when you're lower on the park road near Yellowstone Village. And so you can get a sense for what it is. If you're able to get out on the boardwalk, it's really wonderful. If you're not, you can still get that incredible view and incredible experience um, without necessarily having to be right there. So we're going to put these boardwalk loops at these three different areas on the Karen Stone scale. Great. So the paint pots. The paint pots was like a two for me. Um, Some stairs. You do have to do some stairs, but it's pretty light and it's pretty short. Short, light. Yep. A little bit of a 
walk out to them. Little That's paint, about it. A little paint pops. I agree too. So four sure. out of 20. Yep. Um, let's talk about um, the porcelain basin, which is the first part of the Norris Geyser Basin. I think maybe also a two. That's my feel too. Yeah. And I same mean, thing it's with like back some basin. S- a little bit of slope, yeah. but not much. I think porcelain basin, back basin, each of those twos yeah four out of 20 stones mammoth springs is probably more like a four for me yeah just because there are there are some stairs and it is steep it wasn't taxing but you have to be prepared if you're planning on doing as much of mammoth springs as we did which was basically all of it all of it seeing all of it from yeah. all angles you've got a you've got a four on your hands so we've got an eight out of 20 great the karen stone scale and with that let's end this episode with some jeopardy style trivia it's time for our first jeopardy style trivia of season four it's true i'm very excited about mine and i mine (laughs) why don't i start because i think mine might be a little easier so it'll get some traction going great i'm nervous that we wrote the same thing (laughs) (laughs) Really? I don't know. I don't know. It hasn't it happened, hasn't happened yet. yet. <laughs> it's been okay. close. So I was inspired by paint pots. Right. On the last episode of season three, mm-hmm. I wrote Guess the Sculpture mm-hmm. by the bad review mm-hmm. of the sculpture. So this is sort of a guess. The- so this is Guess the Artist That Painted This Painting. Bonus points if you can name the title of the painting. Cool. Based on what the bad review is saying about it. Great. Are you ready? I'm ready. For 100. Mm-hmm. I can see that it's a bridge going over a pond, but I can only tell from the other side of the room. I think Cher from Clueless was right. From far away, it looks fine, but up close, it's just a big old mess. It's um, Monet and it's water lilies with Japanese footbridge. Yes. Yeah. The, or the water lily yeah. pond is yeah. another title. Correct. Yep. Okay. For 200. I mean, does he have a headache or something? Can he not stand the fact that he's on a boat? And why is he covering his ears? And I feel like nobody's talking about the other people behind him. So that's the screen by Edvard Munch. And Mm -hmm. he's actually on a boardwalk. And the red of the sky, interestingly enough, is because of the explosion of the volcano Krakatau. Um, And that's why the sky was painted red, or that's what they believe, because it had affected so much of the Earth's atmosphere from that volcanic eruption in 18-whatever. Fun fact for you folks out well, there. Well, <laughs> I'm appealing to the art, the artist, That's and right. who also knows this art history. Mm-hmm. For 300, I mean, it's definitely a flower, but it also kind of looks like something else. And all of her stuff is just so Southwestern. <laughs> um, Georgia O'Keeffe and any of her any of her flower paintings right exactly i was like red cana it could be like (laughs) right you know poppies whatever right yeah okay especially if it's southwesterny for 400 Mm -hmm. i really thought i would like this but i just don't get why that apple is covering his face it's Rene Magritte, and it's his self-portrait, but it's got a different title, and I don't know. That's right. The title is The Son of Man. That's right. For 500. I just really don't understand it. Like, is he trying to say that time is getting hot? And like, how did that one get up in that dead tree? It's Salvador Dali's persistence of memory. Correct. Time is getting hot. (laughs) It's like everything (laughs) else on this planet. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Well, 
So we listened to a podcast while we were traveling called Dolly Parton's America. Oh, we loved it. Too. And it was great. It was um, great. Highly recommend. We did it because part of this trip at the end involved a trip to Dollywood. Um, lots of fun. So this Jeopardy is called Blank's America. So <gasps> I'm going oh. to give you the teaser trailer for the next episode of Blank's America. And you have to name the artist. Now, I also have a <clears throat> song lyric that I won't sing at first because I feel like it'll give it away, but if you need me to as help. But that would be like the intro song to then the narrator saying on the next episode. Do you get it? I got it. Okay, great. So for 100, born down in a dead man's town, the first kick I took was when I hit the ground. On this episode of Blank's America, we discuss the politics of the Garden State and how blue-collar workers and this artist's lower-middle-class upbringing helped him to become the egalitarian musician of his time and whose music resonates not only here at home, but abroad. In this episode, we dive into the hit song and album of the same name, which, while sounding like a patriotic rallying cry, is anything but. Well, it's obviously who is John Bon Jovi's America. I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I say that knowing what is happening here My in New jaw Jersey. Dropped. <laughs> <laughs> what is Bruce Springsteen's America? Right. Do you know the song? Oh, uh... Born, you don't have not to. born to run not born to run born in the usa that's right okay great born down in a dead man's town the first kick i took was that's when right. i hit the ground okay great for 200 a little more bite and a little less bark a little less fight and a little more spark on this episode of blanks america we dive deep into the role and royalty of this artist and how his music was transformative to the genre of rock and roll from local politicians who refused to allow permits for his concerts to radio stations banning his artistry, citing it was the devil's music, the 1950s would never be the same after this legend was through with them. What is Elvis Presley's America? That's correct. A little more bite, a little less bark, a little more fight, a little more spark, a little more... No, oh, I forgot the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's yeah. a... Um, Oh my God, now I'm embarrassed. A little more satisfaction, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whoops, I don't think that's right either. So you can all mock me about it later. Okay, great. Perfect. You're doing well. Okay, for 300. Let me say that since, since we've been together, loving you forever is all I need. On this episode of Blank's America, we explore the love and loss of this soulful rock, pop, and R&B singer from an abusive marriage that left her with next to nothing to finding love again. In this episode, we explore the tumult, pain, and passion that led her to be one of the most powerful singers of her generation. What is Whitney Houston's America? Or is it Tina Turner's America? Okay, great. Let me say that since... <laughs> Since we've been together, yep. loving you forever. Oh, that song oh, is okay. all I need. Yep, yep. That's why I'm not singing it initially. Tina Turner. Yep. Okay, for 400, I don't know how to sing the song, so good luck with it. Um, <laughs> step and move your hips with a feeling from side to side. Sit yourself down in a car and take a ride. On this episode of Blank's America, we explore the funk and soul that made this legendary lady royalty in her own right. From early beginnings in her church choir to her meteoric rise, in this episode, we investigate her cool charisma and undeniable stardom. Who is Aretha Franklin? Very America? good. Look at you go. I can't sing that song, but that's... Um, I don't know that I can either. 
Okay. And I also lost the name of the song, so you don't even have to name it. This is how good I'm doing right now. Okay, and for 500, I will go where you lead, always there in a time of need. And when I lose my will, you'll be there to push me up the hill. On this episode of Blank and Blank's America, we dive deep into the songs of love, devotion, and hardship of this dynamic duo. This platonic friendship, which gave us some of the most heartfelt and upbeat anthems of the late 60s, ended in tragedy and where one could not go where the other would lead. In this episode, we'll examine their friendship, their love, and the pain and loss. Who is Sonny and Cher's America? No. Okay, I'm going to guess again. Who is the Carpenters America? No. I will go where you lead, always there in time of need. And when I lose my will, you'll be there to push me up that hill. Nope. Oh, who is Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell's America? Oh, I see. And no, All right. no looking back Got for it. us. Oh, that was that. That's it. That's, that's 500. <laughs> oh, that was looking the end? at me like, yeah. Oh, I thought you there were was like, another oh, one. Oh, I want more. <laughs> was there only, was there five? That was five, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Great. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at Gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. To find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's gaze, G-A-Z-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, our website, and in the gaze shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written by Dave Seaman and performed by Dave Seaman, Mariella Klinger, and Sean Sklios. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Monmouth County, New Jersey.